Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents a very exciting episode of high school playoff basketball in Southeast Iowa. We're on the phone with Andy Kressinger of the Southeast Iowa Union. Welcome back to the program, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, tell us all the exciting news about last night. Well, yeah, uh, you know, the Southeast Conference uh, had a pretty rocky weekend, but last night, um, Burlington and, and old coach Caleb Akey uh, went over there and, and pulled off another upset after getting Iowa City West the last round. They uh, knocked off undefeated Pleasant Valley, I think ranked number two, if I remember correctly. So awesome win for those guys in that program. Um, I mean, it just just a great one. They've been playing really well. Um, they didn't even have a super strong like middle of the season, but um, I mean, the, the SEC was was tight, and they beat Fort Madison a couple times, if you remember, uh, right towards the end of the season. So they were playing some of their best basketball, but uh, he's kind of playing really well. I mean, they won by 15, so it's not even like they squeaked one out. And, um, they're, they're one of the hottest 4A teams. It's, it's kind of crazy to say, you know, a lot of people said when they when they went to the SEC, um, when they're playing, you know, Mount Pleasant and Fort Madison and Keokuk, the 3A teams, that they wouldn't be prepared when it comes to the, the tournament time. But I guess they – Kind of prove that wrong, huh? <laughs> well, Burlington's really having a great year, aren't they? Uh, they? They made the playoffs, I think, for the first time in 30 years in football. Uh, uh-huh. They just advanced to where they were at after to, to get two wins in the playoffs. That was a 20-year uh, journey, and now uh-huh. they're they're past that. They're, it was they said like 1986 or something. It was the 1980s, the last time they went this far. So yeah. Uh, well- yeah, well, I would also just say, like, it, it's, it's funny in high school sports, you, you, you can kind of see it coming sometimes. And I know a couple of years ago, which is about the time they joined the SEC, um, like their basketball team was real young. They had sophomores and freshmen, and they were good sophomores and freshmen. You kind of tell, um, you can kind of tell when the talent is starting to get there. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't a surprise that they were one of the best teams in the conference this year. Um, and I saw him. I saw him live a few times. I saw him beat Mount Pleasant uh, by you know double digits, and I saw them really give a challenge to Washington when Washington was playing their best. So uh, I knew they had a lot of potential, but to go win the you know beat Pleasant Valley and beat Iowa City West like they have the last two games is pretty special. And they weren't even really very close. They just stumped them. Yeah, yeah, they did, it, and they better be playing like that. They got Ames in the next round. I saw, so that's a uh, that's one of the best teams you can <laughs> match up against. But um, I know it's teams get on this run. That's you gotta get a lot of confidence when you're going in and you're not and you're not favored. Um, you're you know you're the underdog twice in a row and you come out with wins like double digit wins like that. So I'm sure that I didn't go I didn't go last night. The, you know being a family man being at games all the last three months I had to I had to take some time at home. But I'm sure that the uh, B town student section was was going pretty crazy. I know they were pretty they were pretty loud. Um, in that Washington game at Burlington this year, so I'm sure they had something to do with it. But, but cool. And of course, I, I covered Mount Pleasant when when Coach Aki was the coach, and you know, so he's uh, he's one of my favorite coaches. So I was cheering for them, and uh, I was glad to see they got it done. Yeah, you were telling me uh, you were really happy for Coach Aki. Tell me a little bit about Coach and uh, his little journey, and and uh, why you think under his leadership this team is doing so well. Yeah, well, um, so Coach uh, Caleb Akey at Burlington and Coach Eric Rawson at Mount Pleasant were both assistants uh, under uh, Paul Rundquist a few years ago uh, at Mount Pleasant. And if a lot of people remember uh, those teams, well, 
Paul Rundquist's uh, squad won a state title in, two, in the early 2010s. And then even just, you know, four or five years ago, um, they had a stacked, stacked team that uh, went three years in a row in the SEC without losing. Um, and they made it to the state tournament twice in that time. So it's a really good coaching tree, first off. And, um, and then um, Coach Aki was the head coach of Mount Pleasant a couple of years. And, you know, I would say that he, he coached them right after a huge drop-off as far as they lost all, you know, a senior class that, that had basically been um, – that particular class had been the, the st- four of the starting five when they were freshmen even. So that was the – you know, that was Mount Pleasant basketball for four years. And he came in, and um, and they were towards the top of the conference, you know, middle, middle top, and um, they um, had a good uh, – a couple good uh, – well, one good postseason run where – um, his second year there, I guess his last year coaching Mount Pleasant, um, they played Washington in the uh, first round of the sub-state, and they were uh, Washington was a little banged up, but Mount Pleasant was definitely not favored, and they they upset them, and then they went on and played Davenport Assumption, and they and Davenport Assumption was a, a ranked team in the top seed, and they took them right down to the wire. So you can kind of tell, you know, his potential, and I, they played really hard for him, and I know that the Burlington High kids. Uh, play really hard to do so. I guess that was when you kind of saw his potential as a head coach a little bit. He almost knocked off one of the best teams in 3A, and uh, just a few, couple years later, he's he's uh, going to make his first first trip up as a head coach anyway. He's got a little experience as an assistant. I remember, I think, 1982 or 1983 or something, I was in ninth grade, and we played we played Burlington a couple times a year, and they just beat us to death. Oh, I mean, yeah, they are pretty good back then. Oh, they were dunking on us. You know, we, we didn't have a guy that could get six inches off the ground. They got guys that was elbows touching the rim and stuff. They just killed yeah. us. It was uh, – but I, yeah. I can't remember it being tougher than uh, – but, uh, yeah, the coach has taken over a program that uh, had been down for 10 years or better and, uh, you know, turned it around in two years. He must uh, really – he says, he says the, the community support's picking up. You know what I mean? You know, like schools like Waco or Winfield, you know, you're, you're going to have the community support. But he said, you know, uh, after years of uh, kind of a down seasons, you know, they kind of had to build a little bit of support yet. But it's – and they changed conferences so their fans could start being at the games, you know, because they usually just play all the road games in the Quad Cities or uh, all over. But he said they went that – joining that conference. He thought that was a big help for them, you know, so his, his, his fans could just drive to Fairfield or Mount Pleasant instead of – clear up to the quad cities or Des Moines or wherever they were playing all the time. So he thought yeah. that was, he thought that was a big difference this year. All right. Yeah. So we got some matchups uh, for the, for the, the state tournament. Let's talk about those. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Mid Prairie uh, is, is our lone union area team. I'm going to play another RBC team on Cello. Um And uh, I was at Mid Prairie semifinal game against West Burlington which West Burlington had, had pulled that upset. So um, we kind of knew that Mid Prairie was a pretty big favorite, Matt, but still they took care of business. Um, although I will say shout out to the West Burlington fans and student sex were, were pretty, pretty hyped up all game. Didn't matter how much, you know, Mid Prairie was, was beating them by. So that was, it was West Burlington kind of brought it on a fan perspective over there. So that was kind of fun, but, um, but yeah, Mid Prairie's shooting very well. Jackson Pennington has been on fire. Um, a senior, a guard who um, Coach Lambert kind of said it, it took him a while, his younger years, to get the confidence to really be one of their big shooters, and he's just knocking down everything. And when they hit, when they're hitting outside shots, I think they went what eleven for twenty-two, maybe last uh, 
last game when they're hitting outside shots, you know, they've already have Harmson that can score so so well inside and be inside. So that's a pretty un- unstoppable offense if they're hitting shots. Um, and then, man, they want to play Northeast. Northeast was playing some of the best basketball in two A. Uh, they were they they were playing really really well. I thought that was was going to be a tough game for them. And and they, and I said they came out and hit eleven three pointers. So I guess that's <laughs> that's a big reason why. But um, Hunter was over there. My 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 colleague Hunter Muller was over there covering that game, and um, and they just took over from the beginning. So they're they're kind of a it's kind of a, an out of control train right now. So we'll see if anybody can stop it. But um, right now they're playing really well, and I think that they got a little bulletin board material because they were ranked, I believe, two. A couple of top teams lost, including the number one team, and, and Mid Prairie did not get the number one seat. They put him at number three. So I think. Yeah, you know, I talked to Coach Lambert about that, and let me ask you something. Besides having an undefeated season and beating three teams in the playoffs by twenty or thirty points, what do you got to do to get more than a three seed up there at the tournament? Yeah, that well, that's a good question. I, I know that they gave those top two uh, top seeds probably because of who they beat in the substate, but I mean, it's, it's tough because it's a it's a coach's seeding thing now. I believe. Um, it used to be, it used to be just on record, but then it got all messed up because like Xavier and Assumption and those teams that would have really good three A teams, but they play four A schedules, and it would be like five hundred, and so they would be the A seed, and so you'd have the number one seed going against a team that was better than them or, or, or close to better than them. It would be kind of an unfair thing. So uh, I thought that I thought that they kind of had the seeding figured out, and, and you know those top two teams are real good teams, so it's it's, it's definitely not like. You know, those two weren't deserving of, of high seats, but I was really shocked. I thought they for sure would get number one just, just on the basis of um, they play in a, a tough conference and they have beaten teams so handily in the playoffs. So uh, I don't know, but if I'm, I don't know, if I was a coach, maybe besides the fact that you're getting a harder first round matchup, you know, maybe you like a little bit that you're disrespected and that you got, you got some, a chip on your, it's hard to get a chip on your shoulder when you're undefeated. So now they got one. In this state, the Southeast Iowa teams are just like Rodney Dangerfield. They don't get no respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, and then it's funny. On the other side of that, Danville, I was afraid that whoever comes out of that the real competitive 1A district would get a, a bad seed. But Danville got a number five. So, um, and I'm trying to think of who they got, who they drew on that. But Danville got a number five. So, at least they got a little bit of a of a, an okay seed. Although, I think 1A might have just been chaotic. So, you have teams flying in everywhere. But that was really surprising to it. So uh, who who does everybody play and wins the games? That's a good question. Mid Prairie plays Tuesday at ten thirty a.m. So Mid Prairie's got the early morning game, which um, isn't too bad. Um, it's a nice little early drive up, and and you get a you get to watch a basketball game and have that excitement to start your day, and then you still have the whole day to, to get back and uh, you know you get back from Des Moines. It's, if, if you're driving back as a Mid Prairie fan, you'll probably still be daylight. So I think the the morning games and the afternoon games are probably better than. Going up there at night. And, and Coach um, Lambert. I think of when Danville plays. Coach Lambert said that if if you buy a ticket, you can stay and watch all the rest yeah. of the games if you want. Yeah, you can. Yeah, uh, yeah. They don't kick. Um, I don't think they they used to kick you out after a session, like two games, I think. Um, but I'm but I think if you buy a ticket and you're there, you can just you can just chill out and watch the uh, watch the whole day. I mean, if you're a Mid Prairie fan, they win. You you do want to stick around and watch because the teams that they'd be playing later rounds are. are uh, Playing and you probably want to get a, a nice little look at them. So, um, and it's kind of, I mean, it's a fun environment. It's not as 
loud and crazy as the sub-states because it's such a big place, and obviously two basketball teams aren't going to fill it. Um, but it's still a really fun environment to be at Wells Fargo when, when it's going on and, and see them play on the big stage. So it should be uh, should be fun. I'm, I'm glad they got a morning. I don't like when they get night games because then if we go cover them, uh, you know, we have to decide whether or not we're getting a hotel and, and ponying up the money there or, or driving home at 1.30 a.m., which is probably what we'd be doing. So I was happy to see you at 10.30. So, uh, who does Danville play, and when is that game? Oh, sorry. Uh, could you repeat that question? Who does Danville play, and when is that game? That's a good question. I'm on the road, and I, I looked it up um, yesterday, and I cannot remember who they're playing. I hope they're the five seed, and they're in play, so they're playing earlier. Um, but you might have to look that up, because I don't know who they are playing, but I know who they played, and I actually saw Danville uh, beat um, Waco in one of the best games. I believe you might have been streaming that. I think you texted me, but that was yeah. one of the best games I've seen all year. It was uh, four overtimes or something like that. Or yeah, yeah. Three. It was it was three overtimes. It was real low scoring, and um, Danville and Waco both have really good big guys, defensive big guys inside, and there were a lot of block shots early. But um, that Sawyer Nelson for Danville just went off. He had you know some twenty points, nineteen rebounds, and six blocks. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was great. I thought Waco um, had the advantage uh, uh, throughout the night. You know, they had like a six point lead, but he just kept coming at him, and um, and he made his free throws at the end. You, you know, you big guys at the end of high school basketball games don't always make free throws. Um, Waco had a shot, had a couple shots to win it. Um, had a shot there at the end of regulation, I believe that was that was tipped uh, a three point shot by um, by Hunter Hughes that was looked uh, like it was tipped by one of the Danville guards. So. It was, it was disappointing that Waco couldn't make it up, but uh, Danville's the team with the juniors and seniors, and so it, it was their their time to shine, and uh, the Sweet Cups are there for Mariah Wesley and kids. Um, so I was happy to see them be able to, to take Danville back up there, I believe, for the first time they played at Danville. So they've, they've revived that program. Not that it was too down, but they've revived it. And, uh, it's kind of exciting that they, they get to go back up there. All right, well, let's talk about this Burlington-Ames matchup, and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, uh, well, Ames is one of the toughest teams in the in Class 4A. Um, you just look down their schedule. They've been towards the top all year. Um, they play in that, that little Des Moines metro area is really, really tough in 4A every year. Uh, every year, like the fourth or fifth best team in that area has a chance to win the state title. It's, it's so good. Um Burlington has good athletes. Uh, I think Amari Davis is one of the best um, players in the area. Just he's just when he gets on it, he's almost unguardable. He's, I think I've said this before. But he scored like 20 points against Washington in the first half uh, uh, when they played down there. Um, Burlington's got seniors and juniors. They've got older kids. They haven't been to state before, but they've got some experience there, and, and they've got athletes and. Um, so, you know, they are favored for sure, but they sure haven't been favored the last two games. So, um, so we'll see, you know, they, a, a big part about I'm going up there is you just have to be, um, have to bring a confidence. It, it's a lot harder. I think as you see in the girls tournament right now, teams that are, that are usually scoring 55 points a game or, you know, those games are like 36 to 34 because it's, it's a hard place to play at and to, to shoot at and to run any offense and people are, you know, clanking threes and free throws all over. So. Really, the difference when you get up there, I think, is what team is ready to play. So as long as he has them ready to play and and get used to the environment a little bit, I think that they'll give them a, a nice little run. Well, I salute all three teams that made it to the state tournament. We didn't get anything in football, so 
We are yeah. very proud, and we will stay with you for the whole tournament season as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Ridgeland, Iowa keeps presenting this. Uh, uh, anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to? I uh, no, not really. Except uh, if you want some, I mean, if you want to read back, and we were we were at all these big basketball games with the Southeast Iowa Union. So if you're a fan of a team and you didn't catch the paper, we have we have back papers a dollar at the at the all the news offices in Fairfield, Washington, not pleasant. So um, it was fun, and, and it's still fun. You know, it's, it almost feels like it's over because there's this little week. We don't have a girls' team, so there's a week away from uh, state, but uh, it should be exciting. So grab yourself a paper, everybody, and and read and look at pictures, and maybe keep them keep them as keepsakes. Well, if you've been supporting Southeast Iowa basketball all year, this is no time to stop. We got. Yeah. We got three teams in the, in the state tournament, and I'm proud as I could be about it. And uh, thank you, Caleb, for another wonderful uh, wrap-up of the tournament. Yeah, thanks for having me again. All right, this is Round Guy, the podcast with news you can use that don't give you the blues. Thank you very much for listening.